Hi everyone and welcome to episode two of last year, The Chemo Saved My Life. Um, before I start on this episode, I just want to say thank you so much to everyone who's listened. I've actually been really, really surprised at the amount of people who have listened and also all of the countries that I'm reaching. So I've been reaching people in Bermuda, Canada, America, Brazil, and I've been trying to think, do I know anybody who lives in those places? I think I've I think I might know somebody who lives in Canada, but not sure I know people in some of the other countries. So really cool that it's reaching people in places where I don't know people. So I will be honest, I'm actually quite hungover this morning, but I spotted an opportunity where there's nobody in my house and it's going to be quiet. So I thought I'd better start recording this episode because I promised I'd post one a week. Um, so I'm a little bit shaky, don't even know if I'm going to remember how to speak properly, but yeah, I'm just going to give it a go and try and record this and get it out. So this is going to be probably one of the longest episodes I imagine, and also probably the most grim because it's going to be about me being diagnosed. Um, so it might be a little bit upsetting to listen to. Um, it won't be for me personally to record it, but obviously it's not going to be very nice information I'm going to be talking about. So just FYI, before I do start. After I posted episode one, I listened back to it and I couldn't believe how many times I said the words cancer diagnosis or diagnosed with cancer. Um, so if you're looking for a good drinking game, just listen to that podcast. I mean, probably a bit depressing to listen to when you're having pre-drinks, but every time I say those words, just take a shot. Um, so I'm going to try not to say that so many times, but I did think what alternative words could I have used? And there aren't really any. So, uh, yeah, I'll try not to be so repetitive today. So, um, the year was 2018. And I was already having a pretty shitty year. Sorry to swear. Sorry, mum. But we had lost um, my dog. I had a dog called Champ, which anyone who follows me on Instagram, I'm sure you know that because I posted pictures of him constantly. Um, But he had died in the January, so already not having the best of years. Um, So I had been feeling unwell for maybe... I'd say 18 months to two years. Um, It started with uh, when I was in bed at night and I was breathing, I could like, there was like pain in my chest, but it's really, it was really hard to explain what it felt like to a doctor. So I think I described it as like a dull ache when I was breathing at night. Um, And it was only like when I was lying down that I really noticed that I felt it. So I did go to the doctor about it and um, this was um, the first thing that I'd been to the doctor about. So understandably, they didn't really look too much into it. Um, It was decided that it was something pleuritical, which I think is like an inflammation of something inside your chest. Um, So I've sent away with ibuprofen, um, but I'm really weird actually about taking painkillers or any medication like I like I have today taken two anodin extra only because I'm 
hanging and I had a really bad headache but in general in life I don't take painkillers unless I'm really desperate and I'm really in pain so I wasn't really willing to just mask the pain every night by taking some ibuprofen before I went to bed so I just kind of got used to the feeling so at first that was the only thing that I noticed was wrong um my life around that time was not the healthiest like I my life now is completely different I literally just lived on like Prosecco, pizza, pasta. I never cooked real meals. I was I was living in a flat in town at the time and like my life was just about going out on a Friday and Saturday night. Um yeah, I don't even know if I ever ate any fruit or veg. I don't think I drank a lot of water. But I just thought I'm young, I'm fine. I never really thought about my health that much to be honest. And now I think about it every bloody day of my life um but yeah so I just was you know living a life where I wasn't that healthy I wasn't really worried too much about this pain in my chest so I just got on with things so then over the next 18 months I don't really remember like time scales or anything but I just like noticed it was probably like once every six weeks or so I would just feel like really really ill um, so I was living in this flat in town and it was actually quite damp in the flat. Um, so I was thinking, oh, maybe, you know, it's the damp from the flat. So I still had this pain in my chest. Um, I had a cold constantly. Like I literally had like a constant cold for, I'd say, like nearly two years. And then like once every six weeks, I just feel like incredibly awful for maybe a day. Um, I remember there was one day I went home from work and... I just like felt so ill I actually couldn't even get off my sofa and I had like this really sore neck it was just like this not even like a lump or anything it was just like my overall my neck was really sore um and I have had a sore neck recently and it was like a completely different feeling like I don't really know how to explain the pains that I had at that time but I just remember I just felt like really really rubbish and then like after a couple of days I'd pick like put myself back up and I'd get on with life and I'd be fine again I also kept um, just being sick randomly. So, I mean, I say randomly, it was usually after I'd had a drink, but um, I can like drink a lot. I can handle my drink. Like I would never be drunk, but I would just like wake up in, in the night after I'd been drinking and just be sick. Um, and it wasn't like a hangover kind of sick. It was just like really like unusual for me to do that. Um, this is going to sound really stupid, but I noticed it was always when I'd eaten something garlicky and drank Prosecco. So then I like made up in my head that I was allergic to the combination of garlic and Prosecco. And now I'm thinking, no, Carly, and your body was trying to tell you that there was something seriously wrong. Uh, but it was weird because it just was like when I drank Prosecco mainly, uh, which now I drink all the time and have no issues with, um, if I drank Prosecco and ate something garlicky, for some reason I was being sick. Um, now it's stopped, so I think it was more to do with me being ill um, rather than the combination I decided was the reason for it. So, yeah, it just started off with that pain in my chest. Then there was these, like, random times where I'd feel horrific for, like, a day. Then there would be, like, random times when I'd be sick. And then I just had, like... I'd say like flu-like symptoms for a long time, all the time I had them. Um, 
And do you know what? In work, I used to be like moaning all the time, like, oh, I don't feel well, I don't feel well. And I was always so cold. And I mean, my work is quite cold, like the aircon is always freezing in there. But I think like now looking back, I was definitely, there was like a reason why I was struggling so much with my body temperature. So I'd had these um, issues for say like 18 months. And then it was probably like November 2017 is when I remember it kind of getting worse because um, my nephew was born. And I remember, I could, you know, you can't see a newborn baby if you've got a cold. And I just had this cold and this cough and it just wouldn't go away. So I didn't see my nephew until he was like 10 days old because I kept being like, oh, I've got a cold. I can't see him. And by now, I'd had, like, other random things happening that I'd been going to the doctors about. So I um would, like, wash my hair at night. I used to wash my hair at night, dry it, straighten it, because my hair's, like, quite curly, Um, go to bed, and then wake up in the morning and my hair would be curly, and I'd be like, what the hell's going on? Like, as if it had been wet, but, like, really wet. So I was like, oh, I must have been sweating loads last night. And then this kept happening, like, or sometimes I would wake up and I would be drenched. And when I say drenched, I mean, like, as if I'd been in the bath, fully clothed. Um, Like, I would wake up, my clothes would be soaking wet, my bed sheets would be soaking wet. I'd change my clothes, move to the other side of the bed, I had to wash my bed sheets, like, so often. But at the time, I definitely didn't think sweating in the night was something I needed to, you know, to mention to my doctor. So I think the next time I went to the doctor... um. I went there because my skin was so itchy and it was like, it sounds really weird, but it was like keeping me awake at night, like scratching. It was like my legs and my chest, like really, really itchy. And I actually was thinking like, oh, I wonder if it's like, I was using this purple shampoo on my hair, which was like really drying my hair out. And I was thinking like, oh, I wonder like when I wash that off in the shower, if the shampoo's going on my body. Like I was just trying to think like, how can I be so itchy? Um, so I changed my washing powder. Actually, that's a lie. My mum used to do my washing for me. She changed her washing powder. But I was still having this issue. Um, so like by this point, I'm being kept awake. Well, I'm waking up in the night dripping in sweat. Um, being kept awake by my itchy legs and chest. And then like I had this barking cough. Like it was like really, you know, like a really, really chesty cough. Um, again, kept going to the doctors. I was like, I'm pretty sure I've got a chest infection. Every time they check me over, no, you don't have a chest infection. So um, this time I went to the doctors. I was like, oh, my skin's really itchy. I know that sounds really weird, but I can't work out what the issue is. So they said that they thought I had thrush of the skin, which I didn't even know was a thing, and gave me like a little tube of cream to go home and put on my legs and on my chest. Now... Because I kept going to the doctor so often and was just being told like I was fine, I kept moving doctors. So I first of all, I moved from the first practice to a new practice. Then at this practice, I mean, it, it was always hard to get in with the same doctor anyway. So I was seeing like a different person every time. Um, and they were always, you know, no, you're fine. Sending me off. And at the end of the day, if a doctor or like in my case, six doctors are telling you there's nothing wrong with you. I'm not going to argue with that. I mean, I knew I knew deep down that I wasn't well. Never in my life would have ever dreamed that it would be cancer. I just like, I knew there was like issues, but I wasn't like thinking that much of it. I just was like, oh, do you know what? I can't even be bothered going to the doctor anymore because I keep paying like 40 quid and I'm getting nowhere. So you just get to a point where you're like, oh, do you know what? I'm just going to deal with it. 
And I actually had got so used to feeling awful that that was normal to me. And like now that I'm well, I look back and I'm like, how was I living feeling like that? Because I can see now how ill I was, but I just got used to that feeling. So by April 2018, I was I was quite thin. Like now when I look at pictures, I'm like, oh God, you were skinny. Um, I had this barking cough, didn't feel great, but just was used to it. So I went over to, um, I used to live in Liverpool and I've got friends there still. So I went over to Liverpool to go to uh, the Grand National and um, I went and stayed at my friend Becky's house and we went to, we woke up on the morning of the, it was Ladies' Day, sorry, actually, not the Grand National. And we woke up on the morning and um, it was really weird. Like I had forgotten my, all my makeup and my clipping hair extensions. And I wouldn't go on any night out without clipping hair extensions at the time. And it was really weird. Like, I swear it was, like, affecting my brain because I, I just thought it was so odd that I'd forgotten those things anyway. So um, we go to Becky's friend's house um, to have, like, a champagne breakfast. And I was just so cold. So obviously, like, Liverpool is not the warmest place on earth, but... I was so cold like I remember feeling like ill because I was so so cold so we made like this cocktail up which was disgusting it was I can't even remember what was in it it was like vodka prosecco and something pink I can't remember anyway so I have some of this cocktail for breakfast and like maybe a croissant and sorry I just said we had a champagne breakfast it was like the cheap version um so I have a croissant have a few drinks and then I start to feel better and I'm like okay so based now as well looking back I can see like I drank quite a lot at the time only on the weekends but I was like okay like I felt better when I was drunk so no wonder I wanted to be drunk all the time so we went to the races um I was cold when I was there but I mean it was a cold day it was raining but when we left the races we went back to um Becky's friend's house to have some more drinks before we went out and I felt awful like I really really had to push myself to like be able to go on that night out so we were having drinks I think I was sat next to the radiator which was on I had like some fluffy socks on I just couldn't warm up and I I felt like really really bad but if anyone knows me they know that I no matter what will go on that night out like no matter how bad I feel I'll be there so carried on drinking we went out to a bar had an amazing night um, but yeah, I think again, I was so used to feeling awful. I just cracked on with it like I always did. So then a couple of weeks later, so May, 2018, um, I was at work one day. It was a Friday. I think I must've been going out after work or something. Um, I went home on lunch, had a shower, put up, was putting on fake tan as you do in your lunch break. Um, and I like went, like went to put it on my chest. And I was like, felt something sore. And I was like, oh, what's that? Looked in the mirror and there was like this big, I mean, I say big, it was like, you really had to look to see it, but like a quite a big lump sticking out of my chest, like on the right side. Um, but like kind of like high up on my chest bone. So I was like, that's weird. And I do not exercise. I mean, I rarely exercise. Like I might do a bit of yoga, but I think I'd been to the gym that week and I hadn't been in ages. And I'm thinking, I must have like pulled a muscle or something. So I go back to work and one of the girls who was on my team, um, it all used to be a PT. So I'm like, is there a muscle in your chest? 
and I'm showing her like look at this how weird is this and she's like no I don't no like I don't think that's a muscle like sticking out so by this point I've been going to the doctors for like god knows how long been told I was absolutely fine and I'd actually been to the doctors the week before and said again I think I've got a chest infection I've had this barking cough it won't go away um this doctor I'm not even joking didn't even examine me literally asked me to like um put my back to him and like bend over and he basically was saying that I had something wrong with my back or my neck and he was like I think you're just sleeping on a bad pillow um so I must have been telling him about like my sore neck and he's like yeah I think you're sleeping on a bad pillow there's nothing wrong with you sends me away so by this point I'm like oh god I can't be bothered to go to the doctors again anyway um so I was sat on a desk at work with um two other girls and my friend Sam and they're all like, Carly, you need to go to the doctors again about that. And I'm like, no, I went last week. I'm not going again. Like he said, there's nothing wrong with me. Um, and the girls, do you know what? At the time, I probably was thinking like, oh, stop forcing me. But they like forced me to book another appointment. And I was like, oh, OK, I'll go, I'll go. And I actually, when I had spotted it, I took a photo of it and sent it to my mum. And my mum's a nurse. And she was like, oh, I don't know what that is, but I'd rather you get it checked out. So I'm like, right, OK, I'll go back to the doctors again. So I called the doctors. They booked me in for an appointment with somebody who I've never seen before. Um, went to the appointment and thank God she actually took me seriously for once. So I showed her this lump and she's looking at it and she's like, mm, I'm really not sure what that is. And then... Honestly, I can remember it like so clearly to this day. She looked at, I said to her, I've been coming in lots. Like I've had like loads of different, like random things wrong with me. So she's sat there and she's reading through my notes and I can see in her face that there was something like she was really worried about something. So she's like, um, I'm going to send you for a scan. So I was like, okay. And then she was like, I want it to be fairly urgent. So I was like okay but do you know what I actually didn't even ask like do you what do you think it is because I just I'm a bit weird like I'd rather just not know so I was like right okay and I had like private medical cover so I said to her like I've got private cover so she's like right okay I want you to get this done this week so I'm like right okay so I get this appointment with um it was like a cardiovascular specialist um so I went to see him and he, my mum came with me and he examined me and was like, that's your skeleton. So I was like, no, no, it's just appeared. This lump has just appeared in like the last week. I said, I just noticed it the other day. He's like, no, no, that's definitely your skeleton. I think you're absolutely fine, but I'm going to send you for an x-ray just to make sure. So I'm like, okay. So me and my mum leave. I'm like, oh, okay he said I'm fine my mum goes away on holiday like the next day we genuinely been told we were fine nothing to worry about so I'm waiting for an x-ray appointment and like I said I had private medical cover so you know should have been quite quick Um, but he really took his time to send me for that appointment Um, in the meantime a secretary of a breast cancer specialist contacts well I didn't know that's what he was at the time but now I do he his secretary contacts me 
And it's like, oh, I've been asked by your doctor to make you an appointment. And I was like, oh, no, there must be some confusion. And I said, she said she's sending me to see a specialist. I saw him two days ago or whenever it was. Um, he said, he's checked me over. He said, I'm fine. And he's sending me for an x-ray. And she was like, oh, how strange. So they thought it was like a clerical error and that, and that my doctor didn't actually mean to do that. Um, but I just think that was meant to be because, thank God, the guy well his receptionist said to me do you know what you've got private medical cover she was like I've been asked to make an appointment so why don't you just come and see him it wouldn't harm to get a second opinion so I'm like right okay book an appointment see him and thank god I did because got to the appointment and straight away he was like oh that that's like really strange so he's like I'm gonna do an ultrasound on your chest like right now he had an ultrasound machine there so I was like okay he does an ultrasound and he was like, uh, there's a, definitely a mass on your chest. So I was like, okay, what does that mean? And he was like, oh, it's hard to say, but it could be a tumour. So I'm thinking, oh my God, like what on earth? I went to this appointment on my own and I was just like, a tumour, like what? So he calls um the hospital and was like, hi, I need to send this girl over to have her bloods done. And can I just say that the whole time I was ill, not once did one doctor take any blood test for me. And now I'm like, why didn't I just say, can somebody do a blood test on me? But when a doctor's telling you you're fine, you're, you don't question... Well, I personally didn't question it, I would now. Um, so he was like, yeah, I need you to go and have bloods done. So he rings the hospital and the blood department was actually shut. And he... I could tell again in his voice on the phone he was like she's only 29 I need somebody to do her bloods so somebody who was like in the radiography department um agreed to take my bloods for me because the blood department wasn't open so I went and had my bloods done I can't even remember actually having that done and then that was the same day and then he said to me I need you to go for a biopsy on that lump so I can't, I've got really bad memory of, of timescales, but I think like this was maybe the next day or something. And so my sister was on maternity at the time. So she was off work with my nephew. So she uh, came and met me. I think I actually must have told my work something was going on because I don't think I was at work around that time. But yeah, my sister just came to all my appointments with me because obviously, like I say, my mum was away. Um, my mum was in Spain and was like trying to get back, but I kept being like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. You don't need to come home. Anyway, she's having a meltdown trying to get home. Um, and yeah, I don't, it's weird because I think I actually had a CT scan, which I don't really have much memory of. Um, like the whole, I'd say like a week was just spent like waiting around, around the hospital. Like I had, um, blood tests and then I had scans I couldn't even t- I think I might have had an x-ray I think I had a chest scan I just don't even know it's weird I've got like memory issues regarding that but the one thing I do remember and honestly I think I've got like PTSD from it because it's it was like the only part I really really struggled to speak about without crying was the dreaded biopsy um, it was like probably the most painful thing I've ever experienced in my life. I think they did numb it, but it was so sore. 
and I just remember so like my sister was able to come with me to like appointments but she had to wait like in the waiting room she wasn't allowed to actually come in with me and I remember like I was just so confused because this had all happened within like two days I'd been told I had a tumour or potential tumour and I was like what like just so confused about the whole thing so then I'm in getting a biopsy done like wearing a hospital gown even now thinking about that it makes me like feel really weird um so there was this nurse there I can't remember her name now but I ended up I think I wrote to the hospital and told them afterwards like how amazing she was but she was like with me the whole time I think she was like holding my hand and I just remember when they were doing the biopsy I was looking like away from it and she was at the side of me she was holding my hand and she was talking to me about my eyelashes because I always have like false eyelashes on at all times and uh she was like oh where'd you get your eyelashes done I remember it was so painful and I just remember uh, so I was like crying my eyes out sorry I've had to stop recording this like three times because I'm gonna cry um I promise this is the only time I'll cry recording this because it's just the one bit I can't really speak about but the nurse was also had tears in her eyes I think I was just like crying so much that she must have felt really sorry for me but anyway um yeah I don't know how I would have got through that without her being there I wish I could remember her name actually Okay, I've composed myself. Um, Yeah, so uh, the biopsy happened and then um, I think I had to wait, like, I couldn't tell you how long it was, but I had to wait some time to find out what it was, if it was cancer. So um, in this time, I was staying, I stayed at my sister's house because my mum was away. And it's really weird because I just, I couldn't even tell you I just like was in a world of my own just like my sister was like taking me places so it was her birthday one day and um her my brother-in-law took our or took me over to Elizabeth Castle and like anyone who knows me knows I'm a history geek like I love a bit of history but I don't even it's weird I should actually ask my sister about this because I don't even know if I even spoke like that day was really weird like I think I just was like there but I wasn't there if that makes sense like I just was in my head very much in my head um and I I remember feeling really bad because I was like this is my sister's birthday and I'm just like here but not here my sister had literally been hacked so she spent that week we just hung so there's benches at the back of the hospital which people normally sit on to smoke and we were just like hanging out there at all times because I had so many appointments um it just made sense for us to stay there so we'd maybe like go to one appointment and then we'd go into town for an hour and then we'd be like sat back on the benches waiting for the next appointment and I remember like I kept seeing people I know because obviously Jersey's really small I'd see people I know um who like maybe worked in the hospital and they'd like be on the benches eating their lunch and I'd be like crying at all times I think I don't think I bloody stopped crying those days and people would be looking at me and obviously thinking like oh what's going on with her and I just was like genuinely lived on these benches for like I don't know how many days my poor sister was just there like with River my nephew um but honestly I think like River being there just like made it so much easier because he was like a little cute baby at the time and every time I went for an appointment all the nurses were like oh like cooing over him um so yeah he uh sort of made the whole experience a little bit easier um so then I get my appointment which was to find out whether I had cancer or not so I'd been living like say a few days or a week um not knowing if I had cancer but 
I am obsessed with, I don't know if anyone's read it or watched it, but The Secret. So basically it's about the law of attraction. So I'm like in my head, you need to be positive. Like you need to believe you don't have cancer. Like there's no way you have cancer. You're young, like you absolutely don't have it because what you believe you achieve. However, I was wrong. Um, But my appointment to find out whether it was cancer was made for Friday afternoon at 4pm and me and my sister are going to each other. There is no way they would leave you waiting until 4pm on a Friday to then tell you you've got cancer. Like, there's just no way. Definitely isn't cancer. Obviously, in the back of my head, I'm like, is it cancer? But yeah, I'm trying to be positive. Like, no, it isn't cancer. It's just going to be like something else. They can cut it out. So the time comes to go for my appointment and then Jersey being Jersey, I'm sat in the waiting room and then somebody who was like my best friend at school's mum is also sat in the waiting room and she's like, hi, are you okay? And I obviously I was crying and I was like, yeah, good, thanks, are you? And she was like, yeah. And then she was like, said to me, well, obviously neither of us are, we're both sat here. And I was like, yeah. And then I think I explained to her what had been going on. Um, so my dad came to this appointment as well. My mum was on her way home. Um, so my sister and my dad both came. And we're all sat in this room. River was there too, my little nephew. And yeah, I was told that it was cancer and that it was... Well, they weren't sure. He said, we think it's Hodgkin's lymphoma. Actually, he didn't say Hodgkin's. He said, we think it's lymphoma. And he said, have you ever heard of that? And honestly, the only thing I knew or I had heard of was, um, so there was a girl who I was like best friends with when I was younger and I knew that her gran had had lymphoma and had died. So honestly, like the only way I can describe what I was thinking was, so the first thing I imagined is me being like really thin and frail with no hair, like dying in a hospital. And I was like, right, I'm going to die then. Like, that's in my... I didn't say that. I don't even think I said anything. But in my head, that's what I was thinking. I was like, right, I'm going to die at 29 years old. I don't think I asked any questions. I think my dad and my sister were asking questions and I just sat there. But it was weird. I was crying, but I feel like it was, like, very slow crying. Just, like, maybe, like, one tear came down. And I'm just in my head thinking, like, oh, my God, my life is over so I said to him can it be cut out is there any way the tumor can be cut out and he was like no like where it is that I don't think that'd be an option he was like I actually don't know anything about lymphoma because I specialize in breast cancer but he said I'm going to put you in touch with um a lymphoma specialist from Southampton so my doctor who well he ended up being my doctor but he used to come over to Jersey like I don't know how often maybe like weekly or monthly um so he was like he's actually here tomorrow so I want you to go and see him so I was like okay so obviously at this point I don't know how bad it is it's weird because now I know and this is partly why I want to do this podcast I I know now that so many cancers are treated like really really treatable but we don't talk about them enough so I just honestly just thought like oh okay they're not gonna be able to treat it and I'm gonna die really young um and obviously this doctor didn't know loads about lymphoma, so he wasn't able to, you know, give me much information on it. So I then had to, until I got to see the specialist, I then just had to process the fact that, you know, I'm going to die. So we leave the appointment and my sister was like, so my mum still wasn't home. And my sister was like, right, you're coming to stay at mine properly. And I was like, no, I'm going to my flat. 
and my dad and my sister are both were like stood on the street and they're both looking at me like no like you're not being on your own and I was I think I was actually like quite abrupt and I was like no I want to be on my own I'm going back to my flat and then they just had to let me go so I wanted to I will talk about this more in depth on another episode but so many people have messaged me on the back of my last pod uh, episode sorry and have said to me like they don't know how to dip like as family and friends they don't know the correct way to you know to approach things or deal with things so I'm going to touch on that uh, on a later episode but yeah like that day I just needed to be alone for like a minute so my sister and dad were like so reluctant to let me go and I lived across the street from the hospital and I was like no I'm going home so like okay I said to my sister I'll come to yours like when I'm finished I just want to get some stuff so I went back to my flat I think I just sat on my sofa I can't really remember but I think I sat on my sofa I remember it was a really sunny day and um so I'd only actually told like two so two of my really good friends worked with me at the time so I think I just told like those two and another friend um so they had been meshing me all day like have you been for your appointment yet have you heard anything you know like they were obviously like worrying about it and I think god I feel like I'm gonna cry again now sorry I composed myself um so I text um my friend Sam and my friend Tasha saying it's cancer well I can't remember exactly what I said but it was something along those lines and then they both like left work immediately and were like can we meet you so I was like I need a drink I think I messaged them like can we go for a drink alcoholic obviously um so I walked to my work and I met them and then our other friend Steph met us as well she worked across the street and I was like I just need Prosecco. So we went to um, Mimosa, which is a bar in Jersey, um, up onto the roof terrace. And so we're all sat there in sunglasses, all obviously like crying. And yeah, so we went for one drink, which ended up being like a lot of bottles later. And I think we just actually spent most of the night like looking at wigs online, um, trying to work out what we were going to do about a wig for me. It's really weird. I can't really remember what we spoke about or anything. I was probably, like, drunk instantly. And obviously my sister's at home freaking out, worrying. So I think one of the girls messaged her saying, like, oh, don't worry, she's with us, we're having a drink. Um, So basically I just got really, really drunk. And then one of the girls dropped me in a taxi back to my sister's house um, that night. And I... So I got in, and, you know, like, normally if you're drunk, you'll just fall asleep, won't you? But... I just couldn't sleep. It was so that week when I'd been like waiting to find out if I had cancer, I don't think I slept at all. But like every time my sister, she'd keep coming in the lounge and checking on me because I was sleeping um, on the couch and she'd like look in on me and I'd pretend to be asleep because I just didn't want people to be like, are you okay? You know? Um, So that night I stayed awake all night and I messaged the rest of the girls. Um, I can't remember what I even said, but like we have a WhatsApp group with like 11 of us in and I messaged them and was like, I know this is very unexpected, but I've got cancer. I can't remember exactly what it said, but I think it was like quite late at night. I messaged them and I messaged like all my other friends. Well, I say all my, I actually don't know who I told and when I told them, but I just wanted to do it while I was drunk, I think, just get it over with. Um, So that night I couldn't sleep for obvious reasons. So I decided that again, the law of attraction, I was like, right, I'm going to beat this, I'm going to be fine. So what I did was, I wrote out 
a post for social media for the day I finished treatment. So when I decided I didn't want anyone to know, I really, really didn't want to be known as like, oh, I didn't want people to like pity me and feel sorry for me. So I just told people that I thought should know. So obviously like my friends, my family, I said to everyone, can you keep it really quiet? I mean, it wasn't a secret. I didn't like fall out with people if they told people about it, but I just felt like it was my thing to tell people. So I just said to everyone, look, can you keep it to yourself? So I definitely wasn't posting about on social media, but I just wrote this social media post because I thought, right, I'm writing this post because I'm going to beat this. And this is the post I'm going to share once this is all over. So um, I don't know if anyone remembers or if you've got me as a friend on Facebook, but I wrote a massive, well, I posted a massive Facebook post, um, I think the day I finished chemo. And yeah, that was mainly written the night I found out I had cancer. But then over time, I obviously edited it because there was like stuff that maybe didn't make sense anymore. Or I probably that night, I probably thought I was going to die. So, you know, like I changed it over time. But yeah, that um, post was started on that night. So I'm going to leave this episode here because it's been very long. So if you do listen to it, thanks so much for sticking with me. Um, like I say, this is obviously like the grimmest episode there will be. Um, not really anything funny to share on this one. Uh, but I guess I can't really explain everything that happened until I give you the full picture. So um, I hope you enjoyed or probably didn't enjoy listening to that and listening to me cry a few times. Um, but yeah, I hope you all tune in to episode three, which will be on meeting my specialist, finding out my treatment plan realising I probably am going to live and getting my wig. I'm not even going to listen to this before I post it because it's pretty long and I don't want to hear myself tell that story again. So apologies if any editing is not very good on this, but I'm not going to uh, proof listen to it because I want to get out for a walk in the sunshine.